guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast. My name is Miguel. This is episode 78. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, man, it's been it's been a journey, P. Ross, and this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for uh, doing 76, 75 episodes with me. It's been a lot of fun. How are you doing yeah. this morning, man? Um, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty perfect. good. Perfect. A, a, you know, like I said before, every day above ground is a good day, right? So, oh god, <laughs> we're yeah. live, we're breathing. Yeah. Don't make fun of me. Don't make fun sure. of me. <laughs> sure. So, hey, man, we got a, a very special guest with us today. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm very anxious to to talk to this person, and I think it's going to be a lot right. of fun. So, yeah, right. let's let's do the intro, man. Okay, right now we have a watch enthusiast in the building. Okay, mm-hmm. we have. Myra from the Ruby Rose Opal dot watch Instagram handle in the building. Let's get into it. Welcome. <laughs> I was yeah. looking forward to that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? All We're right. doing fantastic. We're doing nice. fantastic. Uh, it's a long weekend, right? Memorial weekend, P. Ross. Oh, so yeah. we get Memorial to Day. have the day off tomorrow. Thank God. Oh, Maybe good. We had ours last week. Victoria oh, cool. Day. It's different in Canada. Oh, it's literally okay. the weekend before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, your Thanksgiving is different too. And and yeah, that's that's interesting. So Yeah. That's you guys very... have plans then? Uh I, I do. I'm Rest. actually gonna go out today with family. We're gonna go have a little barbecue, I guess. But it's just it's just a, the the just a group uh a, a couple and and us and they have yeah. little kids so i think our our son's gonna have a lot of a lot of fun with them they're really into like roblox and minecraft right now oh so gosh yeah. yeah yeah so so you it's, it's interesting right so you take these five-year-olds six-year-olds into a place and you think they're gonna play together right with toys or whatever they don't they're sitting around in a circle with their tablets in the same server playing with each other that's their definition of playing <laughs> with each other so it's, it's it's pretty interesting but it's like hey they enjoy it. Let them have fun. We can, we're not going to force them to uh, play GI Joes like we did when we were growing up, but whatever, you know. So, <laughs> did you just say GI Joes? I did. Wow. Hey, I'm a different. I'm from the '80s. I'm an '80s baby, all right? Right. You're older right. than me. I don't know what you played with marbles or stones back no, in the day. No, we played with GI Joes and you know, well, mainly my thing Star was, Wars action figures. So mine was yeah. Teenage Mutant. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out action figures back in the in the nineties. That was my thing. That was my thing. My brother had a lot of Star Wars toys. He had that giant, um, what is that? That big gray creature that looks like a robot. What is that called? What is a P. Ross? The green you know creature the gi- with with a le- the four legs. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars. They yeah. they, sh- they shoot. Uh, oh gosh! Oh, oh a, the, you know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the the the, 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 the AT the, the uh the, the all terrain vehicle. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. And, I got one of those up. in there. I got one. Yeah, I it was buy. amazing. He was so proud of that. Yeah. Well, my, my thing also was He-Man. I remember He-Man. And yeah, Shira. He-Man was classic. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. I had the Are, little green uh, tiger with the stripes and, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you a Star Wars fan, Myra? I am. My husband. Ah, yeah. yes. Why? You're honestly, off the show. You're off the show. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, the, the original ones, though. Sorry. I mean, I could oh, not take the. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had a hard time. I had a hard time. Let's put it that way. But I do think that it's been going in the right direction. But I love the original ones, the classic ones. That's cool. That's super cool. Well, before we continue talking, why don't why don't we get to know you a little bit and and sure. tell us, you know, who you are and how you got into watches, and then we'll we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, um, I guess as you already mentioned, I have an Instagram account called Ruby Rose Opal. Mm-hmm. I started it in March of last year, and actually, I started with a jewelry account. Oh, okay. um, and I, I I'm not on social media, so I I started it when I knew that we would be home for for many months, and I'm like you know, why don't I start this account just as a way to sort of a creative outlet. Um, And then occasionally I would post photos of my watches and I found that there weren't as many comments or likes on them. And then I was thinking that, you know, Hey, where are all the people that are into watches? So I created a watch account. I think it was November of last year. And yeah, that's when I started my watch account. That's how I met Mm. you guys. Yeah. That's (laughs) very cool. That's very cool. So yeah. you, so it's fair to say that we we connected because of the episode with Eve 
I mean, you, you listen to yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't realize that there are, I mean, there's not a huge number of women watch collectors out there, but there are quite a few, Eve being one of them. And yeah, it's, it's just kind of an interesting space because I've always been into watches myself. Um, I used to have two watches. They were both quartz and I actually wore those for many years, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't get into really understanding and learning about them until a couple of years ago. Um, and that's when I realized that, wow, there, there aren't that many women in this hobby. Yeah. No, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. That's, yeah. it's, it's, mm. it's interesting. Why not? And I mean, we, we've been trying to figure that one out as well. You know, every time we have Eve, we, we kind of talk about it. We're trying to decipher it. We're trying to figure it out. But, uh, I mean, ultimately I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the mechanics or the aesthetic of a watch that's, that's more appealing to guys kind of like cars right i mean it's it's fair to say that cars are more appealing to men than they are women women drive cars women own mm-hmm. cars but i think it's from mm-hmm. the enthusiast aspect is more of a, of a more of a man macho thing you know and it's because of the mechanics because of the the engineering behind it i don't know what it is but maybe it's the same thing for watches i mean i, I could only speak for on my end because of my wife right i try to like really i've tried to get her into watches and it's just so difficult she just doesn't care she just wants something that looks pretty mm-hmm. that doesn't overhang on her wrist and that's not heavy yeah. uh but yeah she just doesn't care about anything else you know yeah. but mm. i forgot to to do something a wrist check what, what are you guys wearing? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys are wearing uh myra you're you're a guest what what are you rocking um Okay, so I'm wearing a vintage Omega sub seconds. Yeah. It's, can you see it okay? Yeah. It's from, yeah, it's amazing. Mm. The 60s? Oh my gosh, I love this. Uh, 1953. And it's nice and small. So it's actually 33 millimeters, which is perfect. Yeah, autumn. um, And it's beautiful. It's kind of got these curved lugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Man, you brought you brought back some memories. <laughs> so I sold. I had a, a nineteen sixty something. My first Omega Seamaster. I think it was a caliber two sixty eight. It was with the small seconds, and it was my first ever you know Omega or more expensive watch that I remember. And this is when I first got into collecting. And dummy me, I sold it because I wanted to fund my vintage Omega Speedmaster. And I've been looking for another one to add to the collection. But now they like doubled in price oh, from what I, I paid yeah. and i was like oh why it's yeah. beautiful it's just something yeah. about vintage omega seamasters is vintage incredible. omega seamasters are hard to touch yeah definitely hard they're to beautiful touch. man they're, that's that true. that's beautiful that's a beautiful piece right there my p ross what they are, you are yeah thank you uh the tassai no wait the tso tso pr100 uh, uh, PR PR wow. this yeah. is not the prx uh is no it's not the prx it's before yeah. the PR, prx got it got it well today i'm wearing something that i okay. need to review and, and it finally happened right so we had mike franz on the show he's the ceo of christopher ward i had never seen a christopher ward in the metal and uh so when we had him on the show i'm like i've never seen one of your watches in the metal he's like well we need to change that so I'll, I'll have my marketing team reach out to you so they did so i am wearing the moon glow the C1 Moonglow. Uh, it's nice. with, the, the, with the two moons. They, they rotate. There's a disc in the bottom. This thing is it's crazy. Nice. <laughs> this thing is nice. I'm working on a review. Hopefully, I could do it some justice because it, it's nice. I like what Christopher Ward is doing. Um, yeah, quality's there. Like, is it four. similar? Is it similar to a moon phase then? It is. So it is a moon phase. It, it has a caliber JJ04 or something, which is our own caliber based on this on a Salida movement. And I don't know if you're going to be able to see it, but um, no, it's kind of blurry. But basically what it is, it has two moon faces. It has a moon on the top and a moon in the bottom. And they basically just kind of rotate uh, 360. It, it's super cool. It's nice. And then the date is on the outer ring of the watch. Mm. So that's how the date changes. And then the the loom on this is crazy. They have loom on the, on the 3D printed um, moons and the little stars. So it looks beautiful in the night. And yeah, it has a display case mm. back. So you can see the automatic Salida movement right there. Nice. So, yeah, 40.5 millimeters, I believe. 20 millimeters lugs. And this is interesting. So I never wear this strap, but I gave my wife when we were dating, and this is years back, way before my whole watch collecting, I gave her a Dooney & Burke watch. 
and she still has it. But since she doesn't wear that watch anymore, I said, you know what? This little crocodile strap, leather strap it has on it is beautiful. Let me take mm. it off off that watch. So this is a Dunium Burke um, leather okay. strap. Actually, really nice. So nice. yeah, I have, right a, on. I have a fashion band on, guys. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that that's that's definitely cool. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Myra, when you said why more women are not yeah. into watch collecting, right, Peace? So right, right. I mean, <laughs> you I guys are probably you... looking to me. You must have the answers. <laughs> you must, you yeah. must have the answer. Well, we want to get your opinion because obviously yeah. we, we've had our opinions, but we'll enlighten us. You know, with yeah. what what do you think? So. I have some thoughts on it and I, I want to hear what you guys think too, because sure. you obviously have women in your lives. Um, one thing I noticed on the jewelry side is that um, women get into jewelry for the same reasons that men get into watches, which is uh, usually their mom or their grandma pass down a piece of jewelry to them. Usually it's an heirloom piece. Okay. And I think that pretty much every watch story I've heard, I mean, a lot of them are, that they've received a watch from their dad. So it's usually dads, mm. grandfathers pass them down to their sons. Um, I think that's a big reason is the legacy part of it is, you know, it's the first reason why I started getting into jewelry is I inherited something from my grandmother. I think it was okay. two rings. And obviously knowing how, how much these pieces meant to her and to my mom, I started looking into the hobby a little bit more and then started building my own collection from that. And um, I think it's the same with watches, right? It's, I'm sure that some um, fathers do pass them down to their daughters, but I would say more frequently it is to their sons. And that's potentially like mm -hmm. an area where we can get more women interested. Like it's, mm -hmm. um, it's obviously an area that um, it's not as frequent as, you know, heirloom jewelry. So I think that that's one reason. Okay. That's very interesting. P. Ross, yeah. let's stop. Let's stop there. Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts, P? I would, I don't know. I think that I would love to think that there are more women collectors out there, but they just haven't come out. Yeah. Um, that, that, that would be like my feeling. I would really love to think that um, I have been noticing, especially on Instagram, there are a lot more women collectors out there. Yeah, I'm with you, P. I mean, there is a lot of a lot of women collectors. Maybe they're not coming out, but but in our inner circle, P, we've talked about it with with right. our friends, David Schwartz, yeah. Omar, Timeless Sinkers and Watches, that the minute that a woman puts herself out there, mm -hmm. guys are like vultures. Just they start right. sending right. Yeah, DMs sure. of inappropriate body parts they're not supposed to, and all right. kinds of things because it's just that they're pigs, you know, and and, and right. it's just, yeah, it just doesn't sure. make any sense. So. Maybe that's why they don't want to put themselves out there. You know? So, yeah. so I, I will tell you that I think you're right. There are a lot of women. I, I think pretty much weekly I get reach outs from either the friends that I have on the jewelry side okay. or just women that don't have watch accounts reaching okay. out about my watches, asking me questions. Oh. What's the size? You know, um, it's usually about the Cartier tank or the Panther, but I've heard from the Oris or the BB36. Um, you know, a lot of women asking questions about the size of it, the fit, um, you know, and they're not, they don't have watch accounts. Um, and also a lot of the jewelry women, the women on the jewelry side, they're, they have watches. They have one, two, three watches. They're just not part of the community. And I can say from my own perspective, I know that I was hesitant in even opening my watch account and cause it was kind of intimidating. Like, um, I got my husband into watches a couple of years ago and he's on all the forums and I kind of see the posts that they talk about and they, they go really deep into technical, you know, reference numbers and oh, yeah. different calibers. And, you know, it's really interesting. I do listen to that on podcasts. I find, I find the information interesting. I just think that there are different levels and variations of collectors. Yeah, you know, there sure. are some that are into it more for aesthetic purposes um, you know, some really like to know the history, some are really into the technical components. And right. I find that it's just, I, I think you're right, P. Ross, like they, they're out there. They're just, we wouldn't label them as a watch enthusiast. And I think right. that there's not enough women that are openly in the hobby for reasons that might be more, um, 
you know, kind of interesting to women. I can't remember. There was somebody who put in his Instagram stories that his female followers were only 9%. So it is still is a very small community. I just think that it feels to me, and I don't know what you guys think. It feels like there's a bit of a tipping point. I feel like there's more articles on, you know, unisex watches and ladies watches and challenging those ideas of what's a a male and a female watch that I feel like some change is happening. And I I find that really exciting. I agree with you. I agree with you, but let let me, let me touch on the fact of the whole heirloom piece, because I think you, you, you brought up a really interesting point that I've never thought about. So I think you're right. So what do we do when we're kids and growing up, we look up to our parents, our parents are our superheroes, Mm -hmm. right? So we want to mimic them. We want to be like them. Uh, Then we go through a phase that we hate them, but that's a different story. (laughs) That's when you're a teenager. That's fine. But um, I think you're right. I think if um, maybe a, a, we'll use a girl for an example. So if a girl grows up in a household where the father is always talking about watches or they see watches and eventually the dad gives them a watch, then yeah, I think uh, it's already instilled in them, you know, and it's, 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 it's coming from the person they admire the most. So I think if you're watching this, listening to this and you're a father, I think obviously you're probably already doing it, right? Talking about watches with your kids, sharing that beautiful hobby. And um, that's, that's a beautiful thing, right? So I look back at my dad and the only real thing that I could think of that he kind of instilled in me is religion. He's a Christian and that's all he talks about. That's his hobby, really. He goes to church a lot. Like that's his hobby, nothing else, nothing material. But because of that, obviously I became, you know, a religious person because of my father you know what i mean not that that's a bad thing but um some people take it to extremes but yeah he he gave me a watch now when i was older in my in my 30s and he knew i was a watch collector and i'm like man it would have been so cool if he would have done this way before because it would have ignited my passion for this long before and the prices maybe would have been better and i could have bought a rolex a long time ago but he didn't but Mm -hmm. long story short i think if we could pass something down to our children um not just watches i think it's a beautiful thing right it's a beautiful thing to get them into something that we're into because that way when they get older we could share the same passion they'll have their own money to buy their own things and then bring it back and it'll be cool you know so i i think you hit the nail on the head there myra that yeah heirloom pieces i think could definitely change somebody's perspective growing up so that that's yeah. cool but to go back to your other point about uh more stories coming out and everything yes i agree and i think uh uh, Zakara from Hodinki. I think she mm-hmm. she just recently did an article about that, and I think she's she's doing amazing. I, I love to see women in power that way, um, in 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 the respected realm of this horology thing. And obviously, there's podcasts out there run by women, and and it's cool to see that, right? It, we need more of that, and it's it's cool that you're right. You know, it's it's becoming more and more uh, prevalent, if if you will. And and I like to see that. I don't know how long it's going to take to even it out. And I don't know if it'll ever be 50-50, right, with collectors. But hey, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, the other thing you mentioned, um, I feel like the hump to go from your first kind of gateway watch to go, get, really getting into watches for women mm-hmm. is there's a big gap. Like, you know, we hear a lot about um daniel wellington or the michael kors watches like those are very those are quite popular amongst women but to get into an entry-level mechanical watch for for a woman or for a smaller wrist is huge (laughs) you know for myself when i was looking for a watch my next watch and i was looking for something either 32 millimeters or under Mm -hmm. um that was mechanical very very few options (laughs) Mm -hmm. so so i think that like going vintage is amazing, but I actually find that, you know, that's a space that, you know, women aren't as comfortable shopping in. They will be for handbags and for jewelry, but for watches, it's, it's a, a more tricky space. Um, so I, I do think yeah. that the, the choice, I agreed with Kara's points about um, these watches are made for everybody, but I also think that um, having more variety, not just for women, but just for people with smaller wrists, I think that um, there's a lot of a lot of room for opportunity there. Yeah, and I, I think when uh, when we had Eve on, she she kind of mentioned that too, right? So we were talking about the websites. How can you navigate, or how can you change the website so it's not uh, geared towards women, geared towards men? And we kind of all, I guess, agreed that they should separate them by size, 
right? So what size are you looking for, right? And she mentioned something pretty interesting that I think we all know. So they sometimes offer the same watch in a smaller version for women, but unfortunately they don't offer it in mechanical. They offer it in yeah. quartz. And I think that's where a watch company should definitely start paying attention and just basically making the same watch the same way in a smaller version, but the same way. Yeah. Don't change anything. Just make right. it smaller, you know? Um, what, what do you guys think about quartz? Do you own quartz watches? Yeah. Do you, yeah, absolutely. Are you open to yeah, wearing yeah. them? Cause yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. mm. honestly, some of the women I, I speak to, they're like, I prefer quartz because I don't have to right. set the time or you know, right. they're intimidated by the mechanical aspect of it. So that might right. be confusing to people to think that well, there's all these quartz options available for women right. in smaller sizes. Why aren't they doing well? And honestly, the design of some of them wow, it's a really outdated version of what is feminine. You know, there might be some women that are into the styles, but honestly, there's such a lack of variety there, yeah. um, even on the quartz side. So I, I don't think it's just a matter of whether women prefer quartz or mechanical or, you know, whether if it was mechanical, there you'd have all these women buying them. I think it's actually the designs are very lacking. They really are. Like I, 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 I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I, I don't mind quartz, but when it's, more inexpensive quartz for whatever reason yeah. and i know I'm, I'm completely wrong probably like in my head i have this this notion that if i'm going to pay x dollars more for a watch it better be a mechanical watch because i know that there's gears and there's Absolutely. things and there's cool things but to to have a, a quartz movement i've been brainwashed just like everybody else that quartz mm. equals cheap not necessarily obviously you have the 9f quartz from like uh, grand seiko and stuff like that completely different you know, level of, of a quartz uh, machine and it could be serviceable and, and whatnot on OT. So I think make some good pieces too. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't have a problem with quartz, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think more women, and, and again, I'm generalizing here just because this is coming from my wife. I ask her, what do you prefer, mechanical or quartz? And she's like, I want something that I don't have to set the time. I don't know anything about winding and and um, all the other crazy thing like it doesn't make sense and then you put it down mm -hmm. in a video and you said it dies and then you have to set it all again and then you know i've told her about watches with date mm -hmm. windows or, or a date mechanism like you can't change them when it's this time you have to set them at this time so you don't mess up you know the the mechanism and she's like what just i yeah. i don't care about well, that I well, just, the, just... <laughs> the one watch my wife does wear the uh seiko sar yeah. I actually taught her how to wind in and set it. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. I wouldn't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? She she's doing great with it. But she wears I mean? it every day, right? So she doesn't yeah. mm -hmm. have to right. do anything. And and that's no. the thing, right? As as watch collectors, like we find passion in winding our watch, right? Um, I could never yeah. see my wife owning like a, a piece like an Omega Speedmaster or something with a with a, a manual wind movement. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. Or a Hamilton right. khaki yeah. field mechanical. It just wouldn't work. She'll forget to wind it. And then it'll just be way too annoying. Like, wait, yeah. right. you ran out of power again? Like, oh, can you just give me something <laughs> that's just going to work for a few years? Like, yeah. I'd rather wear a Casio. Yeah. I know her because that's what she would say, you know? So, right. right. But right. I don't know if that's just her because she doesn't care about watches. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. So P. Ross, I can relate to your wife in that, you know, it's, I feel intimidated sometimes when I'm changing the date window or if there's mm -hmm. something with um, the screw down crown, you know, there's the more complicated it is. I'm, I'm a little bit worried that something I do might break it. But the mm -hmm. thing is, is that once I got comfortable with it, that's, that's when right. I really started to enjoy it. Right. As, as, yeah. as soon as we learn and, and get educated in that and, and that's, what's lacking. It's just, you know, if there's not going to be information out there to explain this to women, then it's going to continue being intimidating um, yeah, for sure. And the courts, the courts discussion and debate. It's funny. I have two quartz watches that I really love. So my Cartier Tank and my Panther. And mm -hmm. I, you know, Cartier gets kind of mixed opinions from people. Right. I find that the reason why women are so into it is because it's an amazing design, really amazing design that you know doesn't have diamonds all over it. It's something very classic and they've pretty much dominated that space. Now, I wish yeah. that my tank was actually mechanical for the price that I paid for it. I feel like it should have had a movement in it, yeah. but, um, but that's just me. But, you know, I think that they're one of the brands that's actually doing a good job of getting women interested into watches. 
can you think yeah. of any other watch brand that is actually doing that right now? I, right. Like that has a Cartier, good clean design that. Yeah. Cartier is the, the one watch and jewelry company that can actually do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, Rolex is like, always going to be a, a classic. I know women love Rolex and everybody knows the Rolex is. Uh, I know Omega has some really cool designs too, but no, I, I agree with you that from a standpoint of <clears throat> kind of recognition and, slash um jewelry design and watch design cartier definitely yeah it's up there with women like my wife knows what a cartier is and what a rolex is which is interesting right um now i would like to get her opinions on the crash Hmm. (laughs) she'll probably Mm. think it's ridiculous uh the the (laughs) cartier funny i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry no go ahead go ahead oh funny thing happened i went to go get my nails done last week Yes, Myra, he gets his nails done. That's amazing. He gets yes. his nails. It's the best experience. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. So, I could ever go through with that, guys. No, no offense. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't find it. I don't find it feminine. Actually, I do find it feminine, but I find it weird. I just, hey, it's, uh, it is. It is what it is, man. I just you know self care, <laughs> self care. Yeah. All right, go. But on. uh, the, the the guy that I did the video with the Cartier, mm-hmm. I had noticed that it wasn't wound. And the time was wrong on it when I went in there, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I had been meaning to ask him for a long time, like, why don't you set your watch? And then when I finally asked him last week, he said, oh, it's a Cartier. It's just a piece of jewelry. Oh, uh, wow. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, was it mechanical? Was it quartz? Yeah, it's mechanical. Yeah, it's mechanical. Yeah. And he doesn't whine. He just puts it on. And That's really interesting. Jewelry for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Didn't, didn't somebody famous say that about his tank? I think it was Andy Warhol. Yeah. He said he never set the time, right? right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. Like, shouldn't there be diversity in collectors? Because <laughs> I don't speak yeah. for every woman. There's many different types of right. women collectors. <laughs> some love bigger watches. Some love smaller. I love watches with diamonds on it i have nothing against it as long right, as it's yeah. not too much like i find that it adds a nice little touch because i i also like jewelry but okay. that's like variation of collectors like isn't that what having a hobby is about it's whatever yeah. personally appeals mm-hmm. to you and if he doesn't want to wind his watch like he wants right. to wear it as more of a fashion piece maybe that's yeah that's what he's into sure. and so then i also Go ahead. I don't. Sorry. I don't think that guy, and I might be completely wrong, but I don't think that guy's a watch collector. I think he just heard he, of the brand Cartier. He could be. He went yeah. and right. Watch yeah. And he's just yeah for sure. Jewelry, but I don't think if, right. you, if you talk to him about the mechanics or the history of the things, he'll just go. Nah, he wouldn't. Know. I don't he think he cares. Mm. Same. No. So the, there's there's people in the world that love wa- love watches, mm. right? But they don't love watches how we do. We're in a completely different. We're crazy. We're just crazy people <laughs> that are. Yeah way too much into this and I, and I feel sometimes kind of dumb to be honest with you like when I'm doing these reviews and I'm trying to like do the best job I can and glorify this watch and I'm like man I'm doing free marketing for these people they should hire me like why am I going out of my mm-hmm. way to glorify this thing and spend hours upon hours reviewing it taking pictures doing all these things and it's almost like I'm worshiping this thing where I'm not really part of their marketing department. Like, why am I doing this? You know, so I find myself kind of conflicted sometimes where it's like, man, and I'm giving them my hard-earned money and and some of these pieces, yet I'm giving them free promotion. Like, it's crazy. And it's not just Mm -hmm. in this space. It's in every space, you know, shoes, purses, whatever. It's just, I don't know. Sorry. It's because you love it. It's because you love it. When you you love something... You want to learn more. You want to talk about it all the time. I've absorbed yeah. every single watch podcast. Like I've run out of content because oh, wow. I just want to hear everybody saying, you know, like, and, and I'm not interested in all the information. I just, I just yeah. love hearing people talk about it. Yeah. You, I mean, mm. yeah, me too. And, and I, I consume a lot of podcasts and videos and everything. And it's not for me. I, I notice when I watch like a YouTube video, it's not so much about the review. Sometimes uh, what I like about, Bark and Jack, like Adrian, is that it's not so much about him reviewing the watch, right? Like the specifics and stuff. It's his thoughts on that. Like, what does he think? Like, I want mm-hmm. I want to know what his perspective is on the new Black Bay ceramic, which, by the way, I don't like. I don't know about you guys. You don't like that? No. Mm-hmm. It's, the, the new, it, how did I they just drop the that? Uh, I started seeing all the the news about them announcing something, but I, it completely was lost on me why they did that after the whole watches and wonders 
Why do you think they dropped it when they did? Maybe they wanted their own, maybe time, uh, watches and wonders. There was so much exposure on different watches. They just wanted to wait to make their own like timeline, if you will. And that way all the focus would be on their watch. I don't know, yeah. but I do respect the new movement yeah. they put in there. Uh, it's like meta certified or something like that. So it's cool. It's cool to see that. Hopefully they, they bring that, um, that movement or that certification and everything to the smaller ones, the BB 58, mm. I think will be a, a, a huge hit, nothing against ceramic. I just think the legibility on that watch, like when I was watching the bark and Jack video, it just wasn't there. I'm like, what the hell? You can't mm. even read the time on that thing. Like that's kind of crazy. Really. But then again, the same could be said for the new Omega Seamaster, the black edition, the all blacked out. Uh, I, I think it's one of those timepieces. It's not probably like an everyday piece. It's more of a piece that you own and it's cool to wear every once in a while. But I think Tudor is definitely moving in the right direction. And I aspire to own a Tudor at some point. And I know two of yes. our friends, Omar's uh, Timeless Sneakers and Watches and David Schwartz, they recently just picked up their, their Tudors and they love them. They're, they're yeah. over the moon. And I, I, I really think that they will become in the near future, the new Rolex, just because Rolex is moving up market so much that this will take the place of what Rolex used to be back in the day, you know, mm -hmm. affordable luxury, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I do still see, in my opinion, Tudor watches as sports watches uh, and mm -hmm. like a tool watch. They, they still look mm -hmm. like that. And with the price and everything, Rolex, I'm sorry, that, that's just a luxury item for me. Like, that's not a sports yeah. watch. I'm not going to take a 10000 $15,000 watch swimming and doing all these crazy things is too expensive you know and yeah no doubt, no doubt with the that. secondary prices right now ridiculous I know. dumb <laughs> i think i think tudor tudor is one of the best brands for value right now and honestly when you put it on your wrist you're like wow i can understand why people love these watches yeah i really want to see the sterling silver one though i'm so curious about that one yeah, and I, there's a video floating around. I, I oh man, I, I just subscribed to his channel. So this yeah. guy picked it up a few months well, when it when it came out, and it started to tarnish, which is interesting. Is yeah, which is that interesting. Soon. That, that soon, and Tudor supposedly put it out there that they put a chemical within the silver uh to make it not tarnish that fast mm. it was going to tarnish over time and i don't know what's going on but yeah it's tarnishing already almost like uh like a patina right like bronze so wow. it's, it's really really mm -hmm. interesting so by mm. the way i don't know if you hear the door opening that's my son he woke up a little earlier today so <laughs> is he coming so, in yeah he's, <laughs> he's be right great. there he's he's awake he's uh <laughs> he's half awake half asleep <laughs> but uh no so you told us your origin story and everything, but I, I, I know that you sell watches, right? So the pre-owned watches, yeah. <laughs> how, how did that happen? Oh gosh. It happened completely unexpectedly. I, for my day job, I work in digital. Um, and <laughs> um, I create websites for people and That's cool. one of, yeah, so it's great. Mm -hmm. I digital marketing, SEO, Okay. Um, you know, work on some social media strategy. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful job. And I get to meet, like, actually, since the pandemic started, I've had more small business clients. So people that didn't really focus on digital before, but now need to because of, oh, you know, okay. Uh, okay. so it's kind of forced them to rethink how they, they approach their business. That's pretty um, cool. So that was an industry that kind of boomed. I didn't even think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I worked in corporate for so many years and did the same work for big banks and big companies. So it's been very, very rewarding to do it for small businesses because you really see the impact. You're very close to the impact of it. So is it fair to um, say, and you don't have to tell us, but do you work yeah. for yourself or do you work for a company doing this? I'm, I'm an independent consultant. I do oh, partner cool. with another marketing consulting company, but independent. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Bravo so one of my new clients, thank you. you got out of the rat <laughs> race. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah I, I, didn't, life. Some, I have mixed feelings. Sometimes I'm like, should I go back to corporate? Should I not? I don't know. I mean, the, I'm still the, undecided. So let's talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah. So for everybody listening, I, I think it's fair to say that 
in this space in this in this whole watch space a lot of the people that are collectors especially higher end collectors i notice they have really good jobs right because you need mm. to have disposable income in order to buy these five six ten fifty twenty thousand dollar pieces even a thousand dollar piece right that's that's really expensive that's right. for most people uh, mm -hmm. to have that kind of disposable income so you as an entrepreneur and uh you kind of doing your own thing what's the best recommendation you have for somebody that has a corporate job but wants to pursue their own thing but is so scared to jump ship because of the insecurity of not getting a paycheck a steady paycheck not having a 401k not having uh you know your medical bills paid for i know canada's yes. different you guys get your mm -hmm. own medical thing but here in the u.s unfortunately yeah. you either have to pay for for your uh medical insurance mm -hmm. or you have to be provided by your by your employer so what's the best recommendation you have for somebody that that aspires to own their own business uh what, what would you have to say to them yeah it's funny I worked so many years in corporate that I thought that that was the only life that existed because everybody I knew worked in corporate. So, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of benefits in the stability. And um, I just think that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You can, you can know, you can tell if you're happy and if you're doing work that is meaningful to you. Yeah. And I don't know if I have particular advice for me, it was a switch that I did a couple of years ago. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was a bit of a, it, it wasn't my choice. Let's say, <laughs> I mean, oh, I worked, yeah. I mean, I worked in banking for a while and then I started a new company in travel and loyalty. And then six months in our company got bought out mm. uh, by another company. So, you know, there were some restructures that happened. Uh, you're out um, you're out hey you're out too <laughs> but here's the funny now thing what? it was it was it was such a blessing in disguise it was it was a very rough year very very rough year for everybody but for me it was a blessing in disguise because i would never have made the choice to leave corporate i would have stayed forever and there were i still have most of my friends are in corporate and they're you know there's the corporations are changing the way that they approach things with employees. It's less about loyalty these days. It's so many different management changes, reorgs. Um, I really hope that something changes in that area because it, it felt very different that when I, when I first started in the industry. So for me, it's more of a unique experience in that, you know, I was forced to rethink what I wanted to do. I could have mm. easily jumped back into a corporate job. I just started exploring and it was terrifying but once yeah. I started it and I tried consulting, I realized, wow, this is what I was missing in my corporate job. I didn't feel close and connected to um, the mandate and the meaning of what, why I was doing all of this. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that sometimes, I mean, if you have the ability to, you know, think, rethink your career, you know, it, it's a little, it could be testing the waters on the side, to be honest. I, I, I don't think I answered your question about the selling watches. It's so funny. It's no, even no, no, saying, no, 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 saying the words yeah. out of my mouth is just, it's, it's a very strange thing to say because I've never been in sales. I, I think Miguel, you're in sales, right? Yeah. That's, and it's very difficult. Uh, you either have it or you or, don't have it. No, you do. You have, you have that salesperson gene, right? And it's for yeah. me, no, I don't have that. Um, but yeah, one of my clients, uh, new clients is a watch dealer and he oh, needed a cool. website done, right? That's He's never cute. had a website. He's been in the industry for 20 years, I think mostly doing it through relationship building and Instagram. Oh. And I, I helped him create a website. And he said, hey, I noticed you have this Instagram account for jewelry. And on the jewelry side, a lot of women sell from the personal collection. So if they're, they're, there's a ring that they don't wear anymore, they'll sell it on Instagram. It's pretty common. So okay. I did that with a few of the pieces that I don't wear. And he's, he had mentioned that he had ladies watches and that he had no ladies watch clients and whether mm. I was interested in trying to sell them. So for me, it was easy to create a website. I'd always been thinking about maybe writing articles, but I honestly didn't know if anybody would ever read them. And my husband was like, why don't you just create the site, put a store up and see what happens. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I mean, I've, I've sold one watch. I was shocked <laughs> and, and, and oh, that's cool. you know, pleasantly surprised. I don't know if the market is there for women and pre-owned watches i think it is some of the watches i sell are at a higher price point so i don't know we'll we'll see if that kind of works out but i'm 
you know, it's kind of a side hobby. Um, Would you consider yeah. selling men's watches or you just want to stick to women's watches or? I think there are a lot of people in that space. And like I mentioned, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in the sales aspect of it. I mean, if it was my full-time job, then maybe, but I'm just kind of, I'm trading it more as like um, a bit of a resource for women. Like if they want to learn more about watches, they can read about articles on my site and you know, the store is more of a little side project. Got it. So what's the ultimate goal then for your website and for your store and Instagram account? Like you, 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 I'm sure you have a goal in mind. You started this for a reason. Where do you want to, or where do you see yourself in, in a year or two? Just to continue running it the way that I'm running it. Honestly, um, it's more hobby driven than it is for, for my job. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I, I'm I guess maybe that's unusual because m- most people have kind of a game plan. You know, you want to grow your followers. You want to, you know, maybe have that as your job. But for me, it's, I honestly don't see that being my career. I see it more of a passion project. Yeah, no, for sure. I yeah. think for us, just just to be honest with you, I mean, we we've talked about it, right, Pete? Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it, and and we definitely want more more followers. We want more people mm-hmm. to. I guess for us, it's not not about fame, right? We don't. We're not going to be famous, so we don't care about fame. But it's more about the respect, right? So we do this a lot, right? So with our video, with Instagram, with I mean, it it takes a long time to do everything we do, and when you don't get the views, you don't get the subscribers it almost Mm. feels like nobody's behind you nobody's there supporting you nobody's there Mm. encouraging you to continue and and you get to the point where you're like well why am i putting all this time in right when it's just not growing like nobody cares uh but then in the same token you could look at this from a different perspective and as a human being uh, we all have a negative gene, right? And in my opinion, I think we focus too much on the negative side of things. And I will give you an example. We focus so much on that negative comment that we got from a troll. We mm-hmm. focus so much mm-hmm. on not the growth on our YouTube channel when we should be focusing on all the positive things. If you have a thousand subscribers, that's incredible. You should yeah. cater and and be grateful that you have those thousand subscribers. It's like having a thousand people in the room supporting you and saying, Hey, we're here for you. That's amazing. But instead of focusing on that, we focus on that one person that's outside of the room and doesn't want to come in and like, okay, all you thousand people, it's fine that you're here, whatever. But hey, you, I'm more focused on you. Why don't you want to come in? Mm -hmm. Why don't you, we focus our energy on the wrong thing. And it's almost like the law of attraction, right? So I I think uh, anybody listening, anybody watching, let's try to focus more on the positive things, not so much the negative things, right? But I love what you said, Lyra you this is your passion this is your hobby um you don't want this to become your day job um and it's cool it's always cool to to keep it fun because i can tell you from experience the minute that you take your passion and your hobby and make it your job is probably the minute that you stop losing that love and passion for it because your hobby became your job and that's a very dangerous zone to to kind of navigate you know so yeah and i I wanted to speak to that point that you made about followers because i i think I've heard you guys mention that a few times in terms of, you know, getting to, well, you have a pretty big follower base on your YouTube channel. I, I would say 2000, over 2000, right? Yeah. And, and to and, me, yeah, like P. Ross and you're thinking, 1600, yeah, 1600, I'm like at 20, almost 28. But to us, that's a little bit based on the amount of work that goes into it. And not only that, we've purposely, and probably people that really follow us have noticed that we try to be on different people's channels and 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 mm-hmm. um you know do this this podcasting obviously we're collaborating with a lot of people that sometimes have a lot more followers than than we do and we do that on purpose number one because we're interested in talking to them but also because we want the exposure we want people maybe that never heard of us go hey who are these guys oh okay cool we'll, we'll jump on their bandwagon and we just feel and we said it before that maybe we don't at least in the podcast space we don't get I don't want to say respect if that's the correct word, but we don't get the love that other podcasts do. And we always try mm-hmm. to figure out what it is. You know, at, at first I was thinking maybe it was the the words we were using. You know, P. Ross, I know in, in the beginning, when you listen back, he, he used to be more, a little more 
I don't know, use better words, I guess is, is <laughs> what I was trying to say. Yeah, and we, yeah, we had a talk. Yeah. We had a talk where like, look, we, we need to still be true to ourselves and be who we are, but let's tone it down with the bad words because sometimes people do listen to podcasts in the car with their kids. Case in point, that's what happened to me. I wanted to listen to our own podcast, had my son and my wife, and then bad words left and right. And I'm like, I, I can't, you know, my wife told me to turn it off and I was like, I can't even listen to my own podcast. So we don't curse anymore. You know, every once in a while, a little word slips here and there, but we, we try to make a change to try to grow our audience and try to cater to more people you know so ultimately i'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that we don't have a goal we do our goal is to get bigger get more exposure hopefully you know be sponsored somebody wants to sponsor this podcast they want to pay our zoom bill that we pay for mm -hmm. on an annual basis we're not looking to get paid to feed our families but it'll be nice to the money that comes in, we pay for the the Zoom. We pay for watches that we want to review. We we put it back into the channel to yeah. basically entertain all of you. You know, that's that's yeah. the whole point. And I was gonna say, working for me, working behind the scenes in this industry, looking at analytics all the time, whether it's through social media, um, or or your website analytics, or how many followers you have on YouTube people can get really hung up on the numbers, yes. right? Yes. And, mm -hmm. and I get it. Yes. You, you look at the 1,000, you think, why am I not at 5,000? Why am I not at 10? And I, I feel like the analytics, the numbers portion of it really messes with people's thinking oh, yeah. on value. Yeah. Um, and, I know, and I know you know that overall. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know that you realize that 1,000 is a lot. Um, and, and when you get to 10,000, you'll be thinking, why aren't I at 50? The right. thing is, is that if you put it in perspective, I used to work for a company that had a thousand people, right? And a thousand people are following you on, on Instagram or on YouTube. That's a lot of people. And yeah. when it comes down to it, when it, you guys have amazing content, you're very, very that. charismatic. You're very easy to watch. You are very humble. You have a space that is very unique in this, in this area. Sometimes you'll find that just being in this space and then all of a sudden people take notice you know these guys have a different perspective that is lacking and missing it's about those right people finding that and 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 it's very easy to get hung up on the numbers i i used to manage a website for a corporation that had one million unique visitors every single oh, wow. month it was huge but the thing is when, it, when you look behind the numbers a lot of them are not engaged. They're coming for promotional offers that we were offering. Mm -hmm. They're not quality clients. So even though you see a lot of padding and you see, you know, big followings and a lot of clients, it doesn't necessarily mean value for you. So I Makes think sense. at your, your point in time where you guys are at right now, you are at a sweet spot where everybody, everybody who gets value from you, I think you're, you're tapping into that base. The growth doesn't happen until larger um kind of spontaneous things happen you talk about the tudor black bay ceramic and all of a sudden like you know somebody catches on to some unique perspective it's very viral and it happens yeah. unexpectedly and for that reason i i would tell you to don't get discouraged keep going it is it is really about a mix of opportunity and luck sometimes with these things and and you should not get hung up on the numbers I Speak, the kind words. speaking to somebody from, from who sees the behind the scenes all the time yeah. Yeah. That's why I kind of try to keep it at, as having fun with what I'm yeah. doing and what we do, you know what I mean? So, and not so much focus on the numbers and subscribers, and, but it does get to you sometimes, but you well, know. It, in my opinion, it, it kind of messes with you because again, as human beings, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to other people. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, as YouTube creators or podcast creators or whatever, you, 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 you tend to look at what other people are doing and you tend to compare yourself to them and say, I think I'm better than them. In fact, I know I'm better than them. Right. And it sounds yeah. cocky to say that, but, but it's true. Yeah. Right. And then you see the numbers and it just doesn't make sense. Why is that? person that team whatever having those kind of numbers and that kind of success and people show them that kind of love and over here we feel like we're being almost blackballed you know and what and it, it what sucks. you don't see what you don't see miguel is what happens behind the scenes you just yeah. see the, their numbers going up you don't see True. what kind of things are doing on the side and yeah. they hear that right because yep. you know so anyways i i really do think that 
you guys should keep going and, and don't get discouraged by that. And I, I do I think that, that I feel like you're so easy to watch and so easy to listen to. So <laughs> thank yeah. you. Especially you. P. Thank Ross with that, with that crazy voice. No, I'm just kidding. The, <laughs> hey, the, the intros, though, you got to give it to my man, P. Ross. Nobody <laughs> else in the podcast <laughs> world is doing intros like this guy. You can say that. That no. is unique. Yeah. You absolutely. know, crazy. Yeah. But um, so, P. Ross, did you see, did you see Myra on Hodinky? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, no, I haven't. Oh, what no, are you I haven't. doing, man? No, no. On, see, I told the, the the new job and... I just been like extra busy and you know, you know, yeah, I'm no, no, I, no. So, you know it's, it's been crazy for me. So Hodinkee has a series called my watch right, or my right. story, whatever they call it. Yeah. Basically just regular folks like ourselves record yourself and you tell a story about a watch and you send it to them. And if they like it, I guess they put it on their website on their YouTube channel. And uh, Myra, you did a, uh, you know, a Hodinkee watch story. So we want to ask why you did it and how you felt. And, and I guess I re- I'm really curious to know when you saw yourself on their website, like, what did that feel like? Cause that, I mean, I couldn't even imagine that. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And I think it was the last time they ever did it. So I get, I got oh, really in that oh, respect. Man. Yeah. Mm. I think they just decided at some point to phase it out. I'm not really sure why. I, I do. Um, so let me, yeah? let me touch what on you, that a little bit. Yeah. So I'm on YouTube a lot and I see all the comments, right? So every <laughs> time they do, uh, the collection reviews, right. So like the John Mayer stuff, people love that stuff or a, mm-hmm. a week on the wrist. They love that stuff because that's really what whole dinky was all about. Right. It was, it was more about the passion or whatever. So when people, uh, your story was amazing by the way. And I, I, I love, um, I felt touched by what you said about your dad and, and the tutor and everything else. So that was really cool. But there is some people out there that either a come off as cocky, right? Because they're trying to show off what they have or B they're not super knowledgeable when it comes to watches. And you got to mm. understand that whole dinky, like their crowd is very mm. snobby. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's true. Like that's the kind of crowd that's kind of really attracted to Hodinkee. Not everybody. Cause I mean, I like Hodinkee and you do too. And I think P Ross does too, yeah. but for the yeah. majority, like they're very critical, like, man, some of these, if you, you can't judge and- them by their comments. So the, you're, you're right. Some of the commenters make them seem like Hodinkee is very snobby, but I wonder if it's just yeah. regular people don't comment on there. Cause I know that I, I used know. to comment a lot. And then I was like, wow, I should stop commenting because I'm worried about get, being called out. Yeah, right? and and I think I think that's and my. I mean, I might be completely wrong, but maybe they they were so busy in that time, and they 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 figured, well, why don't we let the community kind of help us out with content? That's the easiest thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they they are going to continue it. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just speaking from what I saw. That man, some you didn't of these... you didn't love them. You didn't love the series. I I did yeah. see some comments about people yeah. going. Oh gosh, not this again, right? Well, well, some yeah, and and some were cool. I mean, like people like yourself, you're well spoken, you have a really incredible story. But it's true. I mean, there was some people there that I was kind of cringing. I was like, the video wasn't great, the story wasn't compelling. It mm-hmm. seemed like they were just trying to show off their watch, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I couldn't connect with that, you know. As opposed to when I see a Hodinky video, I know kind of what goes into it, mm-hmm. which sometimes obviously comes across as it's not great because it's all marketing and, and you see it. And that's another bone that I have to pick with Hodinky. How can you be doing reviews of watches that you're selling? You know, it's, mm. it doesn't look right, you know. But anyway, let's go back to your story. What <laughs> made you want to do that video? How did it feel? What was the after effect, you know? Again, it was the, it was my husband because I was watching all these watch stories. <laughs> I, I enjoyed them because I just love hearing regular people talk about watches. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, that's why I like them. And he was like, well, you, why don't you submit one yourself? You just set up your phone and just submit it. And I had to think about it for a while. I was... I don't know why I was worried about, you know, the reaction or getting called well, out in comments. I don't know why I was an irrational fear. Maybe well, people would say, well, what does she know about watches? Right. She's, she never mentioned anything about the movement or, or something yeah. like that. So I was hesitant. So before sure. that, were you ever, have you ever shown your face on the internet? Never, never. Okay. Okay. No, I think it's the only video that exists of me on the internet. Mm. I'm not even on social media. Until this media. one. <laughs> Until this one. Yeah. Myra's going to be bit... like, no, you know what? Just don't, don't post this on YouTube. Just just keep the audio. We don't, we don't <laughs> want to pand- know. The pandemic 
makes you do things that are out of character. No, honestly, the reason why I did it is because I, I did see some women on there and I thought it, it was my husband that suggested it. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't think so. That's not something I would do. And I realized that, you know, maybe there are other collectors like me and why not? Right. Like, isn't that the point of this is to show the variety of different collectors. So that's right. I did it for that reason. I do have to say the format was really tricky. I can see why some of the stories were harder to listen to. And the reason why is if you look, in, look at talking watches, it's a collection of watches, right? right? So it's three, five, 10 watches. And each one has a story. If you're talking about one of those watches, there's only so much you can say about it. And the other thing is that it's just this camera in front of you. It's just one still long video. I think that if you look at talking watches, it's way more interesting. You're looking at watches, you're looking at the person's face. There's an interviewer. So I find that there was a disadvantage to the format of it. I think that it's hard to make one, two, three minutes of talking about one watch that interesting. I think, I think it potentially could have been more interesting if people were to talk about three watches and actually yeah. show the watches. Cause that's what we come for the videos, right? We want to see the watches. Right. Now imagine now imagine our job on YouTube when we're reviewing one watch and we have to review yeah. it for like fifteen minutes or something. It's 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 yeah, it's crazy it's hard. It's it, crazy. it gets hard. It gets hard. But again, what you were doing, it wasn't you weren't reviewing a watch. You were telling your story right. about the watch. So yeah, you're right. And, and, and some people are super long winded, and to them, three minutes mm -hmm. is probably not even enough time. They're like, I could go for for two hours talk about one watch. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I get it. <laughs> so what? And a lot like of the stories kept coming. Oh, sorry, sir. Oh, no, no. A lot of the stories kept coming up. Yeah, the same stories kept coming up. You know, I inherited from my dad or... Yeah, that's true. Um, You're right. And that's the thing. It's it just, it seemed very all one note. So, yeah. yeah I've heard were that you story able before. To, were you able to connect with any of the other stories that you've seen? There were some interesting ones. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there were some that stood out. Um I did, but I don't really remember. Like, if you yeah. were asking, what watch was it and what story was it? I don't necessarily remember. But yeah, some people were very compelling and very. Yeah. It was a touching story, and they they have a, mm -hmm. a way of like talking that you're like, yeah, right, I could, yeah, I could relate with that guy. Or, well, yeah, mostly guys because th there was hardly any women, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. that's right. Actually, somebody reached out to me on Instagram. She said she saw my watch story and bought the Tudor Blackberry Thirty Six. Mm. No she watched the video with her boyfriend. And she even reached out to ask me where I got the pink strap, which I got from the Hodinky shop, actually. And she um, she's getting the same strap soon. So oh, <laughs> I was dude. like, "Wow, you're thank an influencer. You. You're an influencer. <laughs> there you go." No, it was kind of nice to to hear that. Yeah, it, it's crazy to be on that side. Like, if you're not if you're not an influencer and you're not doing this, and all of a sudden you kind of start doing this, and then you hear back from people, "Hey, I bought that watch. I bought that strap. I bought this, mm -hmm. whatever it is, because of you." It makes you feel a certain way. Like, oh wow. I okay cool like yeah I'm an influencer I guess I mean that's mm -hmm. I'm influencing somebody to spend their own money on on this especially you a tutor I mean that's expensive and the whole right. straps are not cheap <laughs> no they're not mm -hmm. it's so nice though honestly I get men and women asking about that strap it is so nice it is really nice it's it's a okay. it's the shade of pink I I think that you get a lot of suede straps and yeah they're they're more on the pricey side but it's a very like a dusty pink like it's a, a very wearable cool. color right so yeah. what did it feel like for you as a, as a watch enthusiast to see your face on the hodinky website and youtube channel i cringed when i first saw it because i knew that i would be on there i thought i might be on there but uh, i was like oh my gosh that is so strange um yeah it was a, it was a little bit strange Okay. Okay. But but I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it for the reasons that I mentioned, which is yeah, for I'm sure. A, you know, I like watches. I might be a different type of collector, but you know, that's what's nice about um, being part of this hobby is that there's different varieties of collectors. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, I I we've been here for an hour, believe it or not. But let, right. let's talk about other things if if you're up for it. Uh, I, yeah. We just, I mean, obviously we've been talking a lot about watches, and we did talk a little bit about your your job and what you're doing, which is awesome. I I, I hope we can have more 
CEOs or people like that that are entrepreneurs in the in the future just because I'm personally interested in that and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure a lot of people that collect watches are interested in making money or or diversifying or side hustle if you will so that that'd be pretty cool but yeah Myra so this is the part of the show where we talk about whatever you want to talk about it could be watches or whatever and then we'll go kind of around you'll go first P Ross myself and then yeah and then we'll let everybody know where they could find you and we'll wrap it up so take it away. I don't know if you want to recommend something, talk about something. Yeah. I'm running out of content like you guys probably are, but I started rewatching um, an anime series that I've watched many, many years ago. It's called Samurai Champloo. Mm-hmm. You guys heard of it? Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar yeah. with it. Oh, such yeah. a good series. So yeah. because I watched it so long ago, I don't remember it to the to the fullest so i i actually really enjoying re-watching it it has some really interesting characters and there's kind of like a main story that weaves throughout it but it's very it's very unusual so, okay yeah. so you recommend it how, how can people watch oh, that Whew. it's not on any major streamers i think you'll have oh, to find no. some other ways yeah mm. don't you, anime is hard to find is it maybe Crunchyroll? maybe we're watching it through Crunchyroll. Yeah, you have to get one of the anime streaming apps. Mm, either that or get yourself a little black box that you could buy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the little Amazon yeah, exactly. stick, fire stick, and, yeah. and uh, try to find it there. No, I'm not, yeah. not condoning that because I don't know if it's legal or not in your in your country. <laughs> right, but right. hey, I'm just saying. All right, mm-hmm. P. Ross, what's up? Well, you already know uh, Star Wars, The Bad uh, Batch. Oh, I've Disney seen that on Plus. the Disney Channel, on Disney Plus. Yes. What is it? What, yes. what Give us well, a breakdown. The, what the, is it? The, the Bad Batch were a set of clones that didn't come out like the other clones. They came out weird, oh. deformed, but they had special abilities. Okay. You know what I mean? So now they're in a state to where after the Clone Wars, they're trying to find themselves. And the Empire is going around killing all the Jedi. So they still on the side of the Jedi versus being on the Empire mm. side. So. Great, great series. I, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend Got it. Got it. That's great. I checked out, um, and I, this is last weekend, we, we checked out the movie with um, Batista, that zombie movie, what's it called? The something zombie, uh, zombie, mili- no, what, what is it? Army of the Dead or something like that. It's on Netflix. Uh-huh. Oh, man, that's a good movie. That is, is a good movie. Oh, mm. it's a good movie. I recommend it. It was, it was, it's not cheesy at all. Action-packed. Dave Batista does an amazing job. He's a great actor. Um, there's talks about a part two. Netflix hasn't given them the green light, but I recommend it if you if you're. It's not scary, but it has you on the edge. It's a, it's a good, mm-hmm. good kind of apocalyptic um, story. You know the premise of it is, uh, it's like a heist movie but with zombies. So basically, mm-hmm. Vegas, Las Vegas, gets invaded by zombies. So the government basically closes off Las Vegas and quarantines everybody there. And what they're going to do, they're basically going to nuke Las Vegas to kill everybody Mm. off. So there's this millionaire, billionaire that owns this casino. So he uh, calls Batista and says, hey, I need a mercenary like you to basically go and get almost $300 million out. And if you do, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars. So put a team together and let's mm. do this so it's cool right so he goes around and recruits like every person that's good at what they do right a guy that knows how to open the safe somebody that knows how to fly a helicopter then some more people that are badass with like weapons so they go on this mission and then in the way in and the way out they just fight zombies and it's 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 good it's good i i, I recommend it so okay. if you get a chance army of the dead i think is what it's called on netflix nice. check it out it's pretty cool <laughs> But uh, all right, Myra, well, where can people find you so they could go support you and uh, hopefully buy a watch from you? And even if they don't, they could just say hello. Yeah. Um, Ruby Rose Opal. I've got two accounts, um, one for watches and one for jewelry, but they're both called Ruby Rose Opal. And I have a website at rubyroseopal.com. Okay. So the one that I'm Ooh. looking at, I think this is for your watch, is rubyroseopal.watch. So that's your watch one. I changed the name oh, recently. You I think it. it <laughs> yeah, I just I did. Uh, I made it Ruby dot Rose dot Opal, just to make okay. it easier. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Do you mind telling us what the name means, Ruby? Because I've been I've been trying oh. to think Ruby Rose Opal. I'm like, what is? The, uh, so Ruby is the birthstone of my daughter and my husband, okay. Mm, okay. and Opal is my son's birthstone, 
And my oh, middle cool. name is a variation of the name Rose. So. Oh, cool. Very yeah. cool. So it's very personally meaningful to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ooh. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out, but that's awesome. That's that's what it's all about. So, P. Ross, where can people find you? Uh, Ross Wristwatch Love everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and check out SoCal Watch Reviews podcast, Facebook page. Doing big things over there, all right? That's right. SoCal Watch Reviews for me on YouTube, Instagram. Of course, this podcast, you can find it anywhere. Just type in on Google SoCal Watch Reviews podcast and Spotify and uh, Apple Music and and whatnot. Uh, Please rate us. We don't have a lot of people that have rate us, believe it or not. Uh, It does help because then it helps. I mean, you should know this, Myra, right? The more people rate us (laughs) and leave reviews and comments, hopefully uh, more people could find us uh, with the algorithm. Uh, but uh, in Relojando is my Spanish YouTube channel. That one's growing as well, and we're getting a following over there. But uh, Myra, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I hope we made you comfortable. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and in the future, if your if your husband is willing to come, we can have both of you guys because we will love yeah. to see. We've never done that. We will love to see a perspective from a husband and wife. Because I, I can't relate to that. I don't think P. Ross can relate to that. And not a lot of us can relate to it. It's it's really cool that you're in this relationship where you share a hobby with your husband and vice versa. I, I think it's amazing. That would be absolutely. a great idea. That would be a great idea. Yeah. Absolutely. We're two very different collectors. So, that, But you love watches. So that's <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so great. But anyways, thank you, everybody. And uh, Myra, P. Ross, thank you. Stay humble, everybody.